Welcome to Ravenclaw Rambler Harry Potter podcast going chapter to chapter through the books. Today we are on The Vanishing Glass. So this is quite a small chapter, small podcast, you know, but it is quite interesting in some ways. Um, nearly 10 years has passed since the Dursley woken up to find their nephew on the front step. So 10 years is quite a lot to stay in the house, um, especially one where you've just, you know, had another child unexpectedly dropped on your doorstep. So the fact that they've stayed there, yes, it's a big house. They didn't need to move into a bigger house because they've had this extra child, especially considering they've put the child under the stairs. Now, Harry wakes up under the stairs. He um, gets up to make big, but he takes a spider off the sock. Okay, I cannot cope with taking spiders off the sock. That sock would have been out the window. And I live on the third floor. I don't do spiders. Not at all. So though, he's had this dream and he's woken up and yeah, no, just no. It's just, I can't do spiders, okay? Um, so yeah, he takes this off, the spiders off the sock. Harry's used to spiders. He slept in the cupboard under the stairs. Um, yeah, it's odd. It's very odd. I mean, under the stairs, it's not a big space you have. It's where you keep your vacuum cleaner, your mop, that kind of stuff. It's not big. I think in the film, he has a shelf where he has little things on it. He clearly doesn't have drawers or anything like that, or even a proper bed. So it's odd that he's there when the Dizzies have this big house and they have this money. So he's up, he's making the bacon, and there's a kitchen table. It's quite odd that, obviously it's not odd in the sense that Dudley likes his food and his presents are going to be in the kitchen where his food is. But they, d- they probably have an actual dining room. So I'm guessing they probably keep that only for you know, maybe Christmas, special guests, that kind of thing. Like with the Masons later on in book two. I, I would guess they do have a dining room, but they keep it for that. So Dudley is opening these presents. He's got 36, 37, and they're pretty, you know, expensive presents, a racing bike, a remote control aeroplane, a gold wristwatch, computer games. You know, this is clearly like to spend money on their son, which is great. You know, I, I see no problem with that if they have their money. If Obviously, if they're doing this and they get into debt, that's a whole different thing. But if the Dursleys have the money to do this and spoil their son, then that's fine. You know, it's a lot of presents for an 11-year-old, but, you know, that's what they can do. So they, they today they're going to the zoo. This is what Dudley is doing for his birthday. So Dudley's going to the zoo. Pierce is going with him. They want to leave Harry at Mrs. Big. Mrs. Big can't. She's broken her leg. So Harry doesn't get to see all the cats. No, I don't see the problem with looking at cats. Yes, okay, you don't really want a cabbage spelling living room. But it's summer. Surely he can sit out in the garden and look at these cats. These cats are great. You know, look at the names they have. Tibbles, Mr. Paws, Snowy and Tufty. They're great names for cats. I'm guessing Snowy is a white cat. You know, not the most original name for a cat, if, especially if it's white. But who wouldn't, wouldn't want to look at pictures of cats? Isn't that what we do online all the time now? Look at pictures of cats and look at videos of cats. So Harry's not wanting to look at the cat, but Mrs. Big's broken her leg anyway, so he can't. Instead, Harry gets to go to the zoo. Mrs. Dursley suggests the idea of ha- leaving Harry in the car, but it's a new car. Wondering if uh, Mr. Dursley is one of those people that trades in a car every couple of years to get the newer model. Probably. I don't know. It's possible. Harry then, he gets, they go, they look around, they look at the animals, 
and then they go and eat in the restaurant. I'm guessing that Harry does have a meal in the restaurant. He probably doesn't get as nice or as big a meal as the Dudley gets, but he probably does get some kind of lunch. And he doesn't get a dessert, but he gets the rest of Dudley's Knickerbocker Gory, which are lovely. I think they're pretty much like sun what Sundays are these days. So they're lovely, they're great. Harry gets to enjoy that. And then they go into the reptile house. Now this is where it gets more interesting. Because, obviously, Piers says at the end, Harry was talking to it. Now, does Piers hear Harry's talking Parseltongue, or does Piers hear him in English? If he's speaking Parseltongue, why does not Piers freak out even more? Because Parseltongue is just not normal. <sighs> Listening to somebody to hissing at a snake is not normal. So why does not Piers not freak out even more about this? But... One thing I have thought about with Harry and magic is, especially early magic that we see, you know, it mentions also him getting away from Dudley's gang, possibly apparating, him growing his hair out, um, not wanting to wear this revolting bobble jumper. Harry's magic is about wants, or at least in his accidental magic is about wants. Harry doesn't want to wear this jumper, so he makes it smaller. Harry doesn't want to be even more teased and bullied at school because of his hair, so he makes it longer. Harry doesn't want to be, you know, picked on and he wants to get away from this gang, so he ends up on the school roof. The magic of the vanishing glass is slightly different because Harry, well, it's, he does want, he wants to help the snake. He wants the snake to get away. Um, or at least that's how I interpret it. He wants, so the glass vanishes so the Harry, so the snake can go to Brazil. Good luck on that snake. Because this clear the snake has clearly been bred in captivity. It probably doesn't know how to properly hunt for its food. It's been fed. And everything else. So good luck to the snake if it manages just to get out of the country. Because, you know, we're an island. We're surrounded by water. Brazil is on the other side of the world. So, you know, I say good luck to that snake. I don't as much... As I would love to believe that the snake lived happily ever after in Brazil, I sadly do not think it did. Harry's, anyway, back to Harry's magic and wands. Harry, yeah, Harry wants to free the snake, which is lovely for the snake. I do believe so. But then he gets locked back up. He gets grounded, essentially. And they say, well, he couldn't risk sneak into the kitchen for some food. I'm guessing... He had bacon this morning. We we read that. He had bacon this morning. He ate it quickly because Dudley was about to have a tantrum. Then they had lunch. So Harry's only missing one meal. Yes, it's not the best punishment ever. Grounding probably would have been enough. But it's one meal. We've all missed one meal at some time for something. I do, I do very much believe that the Dursner did neglect Harry. But I know a lot of people focus on... Harry being starved and Harry not having meals and everything else. But we do see him eating at the Dursleys. We see it. It's, it's not the big meals that Dudley has, which are probably too big. So it's it's going to be a more regular portion size that Harry probably has normally. And he's missing that. So it probably looks worse than it is because we're comparing it to what Dudley has. When if we have it compared to what a normal person would eat... Is probably, you know, not that much food he's missing. So, there is also the issue of couldn't remember his parents, his aunt and uncle never spoke about them, there were no photographs. This is towards the end of the book. And yes, it's odd and really bad that Harry doesn't know what his parents look like. 
But it isn't from Junior's point of view or that there's no photographs. There was no photographs of my parents' parents in the house when I was growing up. So Petunia probably doesn't have photographs of her parents. I live alone. There's no photographs of my brother here. My brother's still alive. So I don't know if it's one of those things that maybe you have photographs of people when they're dead. But I don't think I would want photographs of people when they're dead. I think Petunia especially just wanted kind of to put her past behind her. So she probably only has photographs from her wedding onwards. Maybe she has one of a date or something with Vernon but I'm guessing that she probably has photographs of basically people that she knows post marrying um Vernon so she might have one of you know Aunt Marge around and because she gets along somewhat with Aunt Marge so but yeah photographs of family members I can understand why there's no photographs of them right she probably might well have in her attic or wherever childhood photographs of her and Lily because obviously her parents died so she might have inherited photographs from them or something but yeah not having photographs doesn't surprise me it is very sad from Harry's point of view but from Petunia's point of view I can see that it's not that odd <laughs> yeah there's really not much more than that to talk about in this book apart from the strangers the strangers are strange when Harry been younger, he'd been dreaming of some relation taking him away. Yeah, yeah, that's every, you know, that, I'm not surprised that's a childhood dream. You know, parents coming to take you, relatives coming to take you, because you're unhappy. You're being bullied, you're unhappy, you want things to be better. So that's not surprising. Um, but these very strange strangers, Tiny Man and Violet Hat, um, Wild Looking Old Woman, they know who Harry is, but why? How do they know who Harry is? Yes, they can see the scar. The scar is clearly very visible. It's clearly something they can see. I'm guessing they probably weren't shopping in the town or village where they live. They were probably out in London or somewhere else and Harry, they spotted Harry. But that I find it very, very odd that these people were like this. You know, it's very creepy that they would bow to Harry. It's, it's like... I don't know what it's like, to be honest. It's just very creepy to me. I'm That is probably, it makes me rather uncomfortable that they waved at him merrily on a bus. They shaken his hand in the street and walked away without a weird, and then they vanished. I'm, I get that they clearly realize, oh, it's Harry Potter, look at him, look at him, look at him. But it's very creepy. And that's pretty much it for this chapter. So. We are going on to the letters from no one neck. Thank you for listening for this chapter. And I will see you again on Ravenclaw Ramblers for the next one.